0: This is NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Glenn Weldon. It's been three years since George Floyd was murdered, an act that precipitated a global reckoning with state-sponsored violence against black men. In this one particular case, that reckoning led to actual accountability— Minnesota's Attorney General Keith Ellison successfully prosecuted the police officers responsible for George Floyd's death. But as Ellison notes in his new book, Break the Wheel, Ending the Cycle of Police Violence, accountability isn't justice, it's a step toward justice. In the book, Ellison explores that crucial difference. He also lays out a policy roadmap that he believes can lead to the kind of systemic change in policing that will prevent the murder of more black men. He spoke about it with Morning Edition's Leila Fadul.
1: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Acorn TV. Acorn TV isn't just good, it's brilliant. With exceptional television from around the world. Their romances are more charming, their mysteries cozier, their noirs more gripping, and their comedies cleverer. More clever? Oh, you get it. Acorn TV is brilliant stories told brilliantly. Visit acorn.tv for a 30-day free trial with promo code NPR. So, in a nutshell, Acorn TV. Brilliant.
2: Three years ago, George Floyd, a black man, was murdered by police in Minneapolis. It was caught on video. That video ran for more than nine minutes. Floyd's neck is under a white police officer's knee as he pleads for his life. Protests erupted in Minneapolis and then around the world. And when the local community lost faith in the county prosecutor, the job of building the case against the police who killed Floyd fell to Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison.
0: For me, it was a gut check moment. One of those moments where you ask yourself, what am I about? And what am I in this for? And my answer had to be, we're going to do anything we can to try to make sure that the outcome is fair, just, and right.
2: He got convictions for former police officer Derek Chauvin for killing Floyd and then three other police officers for aiding and abetting. Three years later, Ellison is out with a book, Break the Wheel, Ending the Cycle of Police Violence. In it, he writes that the outrage over Floyd's killing offered a possibility of finally ending the cycle of state-sponsored violence against African Americans.
0: We have not gotten to the point where we've arrested this problem. But I still believe that the George Floyd prosecution still offers a possibility if we muster the political will to bring it to a stop.
2: In what way? I mean, I remember being in Minneapolis when the verdicts came in and there was this absolute shock and then elation that accountability actually happened. And you said at the time that it wasn't justice that day, that it was accountability, which is a step towards justice. But since that time, there's been Tyree Nichols, chased by officers after a traffic stop in Memphis, Jalen Walker in Akron, Ohio, shot dozens of times, Patrick Lioye, Amir Locke in Minneapolis, just a few examples. I mean, what does have to happen?
0: We need to pass the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act for the signal that the highest body of legislators in our country have said that this is a very serious problem that needs to be fixed. We need to prosecute criminal conduct, whether the person has a badge or not. People need to be fired when they break the rules consistently. I don't think we're going to go from a bad situation to a perfectly good one overnight. There are times when this is uh, action that officers must take to preserve their own lives and others. But there are still far too many cases where like the Tyree Nichols case and others, that just seemed unnecessary and brutal, and they tear the fabric of our society.
2: What specifically in that act will change the way policing happens?
0: We need to have a national registry so that if you have an officer who has violated somebody's human rights, violated department rules, cannot just go to another department and just start up there. One prominent example Is with the uh, Tamir Rice case, where one officer was found to be unfit to serve in one Ohio police department and then goes to Cleveland and gets hired.
2: I mean, I'm thinking of Miles Cosgrove too, who pulled the trigger in the killing of Breonna Taylor, was fired, and now just moved to the sheriff's department in a neighboring county.
0: Yeah, I think that the recruiting challenge that policing as an industry is facing Mm -hmm. might have something to do with the fact that people like Derek Chauvin and Miles Cosgrove. Diminish the reputation of the profession.
2: Now, you spend some time in the book examining the race of two of the officers that were convicted of aiding and abetting in George Floyd's killing. One is Alexander King, a biracial right. man who identifies as black. And he, according to your book, got into law enforcement to change things, to make it better.
0: There is this idea, this notion that I think is incorrect that you have white officers killing black people, and that is the model. In fact, we know that isn't the way it is. If you are a female officer or officer of color and you join that department, and if that department has a toxic culture, you are going to be pressed into it. And so it's not the case that even a uh, young Black man who joins the police department who might go in with the best of intentions is just going to change that institution. If his FTO is demonstrating the worst conduct, as uh, J. Alexander King's FTO was Derek Chauvin. Mm. Merely diversifying departments without real changes at the top, including cultural changes, you're just going to replicate the same results. And those changes have to do with accountability, with ridding the system of impunity, and just getting more officers of color or female officers is not a panacea.
2: Now, one of the last chapters in your book is about what happened after prosecuting the case. You almost lost your reelection <laughs> bid for attorney general.
0: Yep. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, folks who are connected to law enforcement unions spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to defeat me. They did it because they wanted to send a message that if you prosecute a member of law enforcement, you might be risking your job. And if I would have lost my election, that would have been too bad, but I would have had no regrets. I don't want any prosecutor in the United States to ever have to say, I'm going to pursue justice Or I'm going to look out for my own political interest, Mm -hmm. which would mean that I might back off. And that's why I felt really, really compelled to do everything I could to win, because I wanted prosecutors to know you can do the right thing. You're just going to have to survive some of these tough elections after some of these tough cases that you have to take. Mm
2: -hmm. We
0: want to break the wheel, but the reality is we're going to have to chip away at it.
2: Your book feels... Like a historical record from inside the prosecutor's office, from your viewpoint as attorney general, from the moment you cried watching the video of George Floyd being murdered to the moment his killers were held accountable. Why is it important to have this record?
0: Because sadly, these kind of things are likely to happen again before we bring this phenomenon to an end. I felt very, very firmly, very strongly that I want other folks who who care about policy issues, just ordinary citizens, prosecutors, city council members, all kinds, mayors, you know, Congress, to know what happened from the inside so that they can draw whatever lessons are there so that we can bring this problem to a close. Because one, we can stop it. We can stop police brutality. We can have a better relationship between police and community. And I think Creating a historical record is key. And I hope somebody reads this book and says, you know, this could happen in my town. Here are some things they did here that worked. Here are some things they did that maybe didn't work. And we can use them to prevent and to stop this problem, to break the wheel.
2: Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison. His new book is Break the Wheel, Ending the Cycle of Police Violence. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Layla. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the American Cancer Society. By the end of this message, two people will be told they have cancer. Yes, every 15 seconds, someone is diagnosed with cancer. But by the end of this message, you could do something about it with your donation. A gift of any amount to the American Cancer Society can help those facing cancer get free rides to care or a free place to stay closer to treatment. Donate today at cancer.org. Support for NPR and the following message come from State Farm. As a State Farm agent and agency owner, Lakeisha Gaines understands the support small businesses need. Knowing that no business is the same, knowing that we're all impacted by things that are beyond our control, like catastrophes, and hearing and listening and understanding what's important to a business owner understanding how much is truly affordable and what makes sense at that moment. Because a three-year psychiatrist is gonna be very different than a 20-year doctor. And a two-year sign owner is gonna be very different than a one-month restaurant owner who's just trying to figure out what's gonna be on the menu next month. Those are the things that I think are extremely important that come to my experience as a small business owner. It's me figuring out how to help the people that I live with, how to help the people that I work with, how to help the people that I volunteer, here with. Talk to your local agent about small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.